And you, you look back and you're like, have we gotten so far down in our society to where people literally are staging events to become the biggest victim? I mean, that's like a race to the bottom, is it not? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast of Be Poppin' Duff. What's happening, brother? Nothing much, my friend. How about yourself? Man, it's good. You know, uh, leading up to holiday time, trying to get some Christmas shopping in. I'll tell you, man, it's crazy trying to go out and buy anything in a store these days. You got to buy every goddamn thing online because the stores are out of everything. I know, man. It took me forever. There's a side road called Center Place. It's right by our house. It comes so 47th ties into Highway 34, mm -hmm. right? And so you get off on 47th to go to our house up in Greeley. And when you go down the very first street, it like cuts between shops and everything, you know, like the restaurants I always tell you about. Yeah. It took me 20 minutes to get across that. <laughs> Just because traffic. Dude, it was like people turning off the highway, people turning off 47th, people coming up from 35th, people, just people everywhere. Right. And it's like, I don't think it's like a frenzy, but I think it's, I think people are actually trying to be on point. Right. Like on point with what's going on. Well, and on top of that, so I, I come back and I'm all frustrated. My wife's like, well, let's just get on Amazon. I'm like, no, I'll drive to another store somewhere else so long as I don't have to buy from Amazon. Amazon's going to destroy all these businesses. So stop promoting Amazon. Stop. Well, I told you I had to order a couple things the other day because for everybody out there, Duff has a new mic. So does Brett. <laughs> so right. we're trying to uh, increase our sound here. So, you know, just... Dealing with trying to order things even, dude. Oh, it's crazy. Is like, I'm sorry, you can't get it for two and a half weeks or some some shit, you know? Right. Well, hey, as we do every episode, we want to uh, send a special thank you and shout out to all of our first responders out there. So police, firefighters, EMTs, we're going to include frontline workers in that as well. So all the uh, nurses, CNAs, and physicians out there, you know, every one of you and all of us, honestly, are under attack right now with these vax mandates and whatnot. So just know that we still thank you and everything that you do. And we would be remiss without including and thanking our military personnel. So active duty military and veterans that serve this great country. Without everything you do, we cannot do what we do. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for everything that you do and your sacrifice, especially during this holiday season. Absolutely. And we say it every, every episode, Brett, but if there's anything we can do to help you out, lawyers, you know, anything you want us to help you find a job. You know, I have people out there right now that, you know, they're putting feelers out through me because of all the people that you and I work with, right. you know, the, the, all the different industries that come with being involved in real estate, you know? And so if you're looking for a job, like I have people right now, I mean, it's not going to be some cush job and some air conditioned thing, but I mean, people are making 35, $40 an hour, like hauling branches for my tree guy. <laughs> right. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, that's crazy. So if yeah, you need anything, please reach out. Don't hesitate ever. We are 100% for everybody out there, man. And we just want everybody, we want this to start turning around for the positive all the way around, Brett. And Absolutely. so, and you know, that part of that is practicing what you preach, right? And so if you're going to put it out there that you want to help people out there, you know, make sure that you're following through because those people are counting on you, That's you right. know, and, and, and I just want everybody to know you can count on me and you can count on us. You know, if you need help, please reach out. Yep. And I think we'll get into a little bit of that a little later on in the show here. But hey, real quick, you know, this is probably going to pop, you know, somewhere around Christmas time, something like that. So let me Not ask this one. Not it, this one. This one, this topic right here that we're about to talk about, this needs to go. This, I'm going to try to get this out either this week or early next week. All right. Well, we're two weeks away. So it's two weeks away from Christmas. So here's a question I have for you. And if you got kids in the car, probably turn it off right about now. Okay. At what point? In your life, do you do you vividly remember the time when you found out that Santa Claus was not real? You know, I actually don't. No? I don't remember when I stopped believing in Santa. I remember that I think I was in elementary school when somebody just told me. And yeah. I was just like, no, you know what it was? Now that you say that, it kind of jogs my memory. You know? <laughs> These are always I fun already, stories. I already knew from the kids at school that it wasn't, um, Santa Claus wasn't real, Right but I busted my dad. So my mom and my dad, they, they separated when I was a really little kid. So I used to do one year at his house, one year at her house. You know what I mean? And so one year I was at my dad's house. Well, my grandma had this epic Christmas Eve party every year. 
Okay. And everybody that they were associated with would come through that house, dude. I mean, over a hundred people would come through a little small brick. I've talked about it on the podcast before. They were just had one of those little small brick, you know, three bedrooms up top, you know, all tight in the basement down there. That <laughs> right. kind of house, hundred people through there. Right. Right. So needless to say, by the time we got home, it was really late. We go to his house. I don't sleep well in any other place other than my own God dang bed. So I get up in the middle of the night and he's asked to Jesus has his plumber's crack hanging out and he's putting presents under the tree and he doesn't hear me. I just sneak into the bathroom and then I sneak back out of the bathroom and he had gone into his room. So I walked out and I said, is that from him? Hell no. Hell no. Said Santa. I looked at him and I said, dude, I already knew though. Yeah. So I could tell you every Christmas Eve, we'd go to my uh, grandma and grandpa's house and, and we did that for years. Funnest time, right? So it's probably four or five o'clock, maybe four o'clock in the afternoon and we're all getting ready to leave. And it's, I think I'm six years old. I think it was like uh, Christmas of 86. And this is right when Top Gun was at its highest. And I wanted this airplane model set of all the, the jets and Top Gun. Okay. Um, cause back then, you know, my dad used to put up models together for me and I used to put models together. So it was, it was a cool thing. So for some reason I had to go in the room their door was shut. I had to go in the room and, and they're getting ready. And I walk in and I see this big ass box that said to Brett from Santa. And this is again, four o'clock on Christmas Eve. Right. And it just deflated my whole fucking night <laughs> because I'm like, well, how'd that happen? Right. So then the next morning I opened it up and it was that Top Gun set. And, you know, I, I don't think I was super excited. And they're like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I know you bought this. <laughs> but the reason wah, I wah. yeah, Here, here's why I asked that question. I was doing some thinking today and I feel like the people out there, the adults out there that have this attitude of one more thing for me to comply on. And then we're going to go back to normal. Right. We'll do one more mass mandate. You know, I'll go get a fake vaccination card to just go ahead and get into a fitness club because at some point it's going to go back to the new normal. You know what? That's the equivalent of believing in Santa Claus. That's your adult equivalent of believing in Santa Claus. Because if you still sit back after close to two fucking years and you honestly believe and are trying to convince yourself that we're going to automatically go back to the new normal. Masks are going to go away. These restrictions are going to go away. No digital ID, no digital passport. You might as well pack up and move to the fucking North Pole because you are believing in Santa Claus as an adult. I'm staying away from COVID today, I decided. So I'm going into my topic, but I'm going to tie it in with what you were saying. So I, one note that I wrote down in preparation for this show in big red letters at the top of my page was narratives. Okay. Right. And I well, think there's plenty of those. But I think that what you're getting at there, these everybody in across the world has been fed narratives in reference to this pandemic, non-pandemic, race issues, transgender, gay, les, you know, all of these different areas of our life. We have these narratives that are dictating what the basically what they think is the truth. Right. Like mm -hmm. we have people that they tie themselves and their entire identity to these narratives. And when they find out that things aren't what they seem, they defend it like it's still truth. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm talking about, what I wanted to talk about today was this Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett, Smollett, Smollett. I, I, I heard that on the Real I, AF podcast. Is it Smollett or Smollett? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. <laughs> Dave Chappelle does a skit where he calls him Juicy Smollier. <laughs> Smollier. <laughs> Dave Chappelle cracks me up. So those of you that have been living under a rock, January 29, 2019, Jesse Smollett basically planned an attack on himself so that he could push a, racist, a, a racism narrative out there. I don't know what his personal ambitions were like what were his goals in doing this was it to attack his company was it a you know to get attention to get more fans to get you know what i mean i don't know what his personal angle was on this mm -hmm. but the very basic fact of this is he showed up the day before so it had been january 28th and he was filmed with the exact two men that ended up carrying out this attack and he was caught on video have you listened to any of uh, matt walsh's 
uh, description of the trial of what actually occurred between uh, Juicy Smollier <laughs> and these quote-unquote MAGA attackers? No, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so <laughs> supposedly uh, Jesse met these guys. I don't know where he met them, but, you know, they had gone to clubs together. They had done tons of drugs together. From other, from other podcasts I listened to, they were upcoming and aspiring actors. Okay. That's, that's what I, I was led to believe. Okay. Well, according to uh, Matt Walsh, and, you know, Matt's pretty factually based, to say the least. Jesse and one of the guys, or both of the guys, had gone to a bathhouse or a couple of bathhouses together on multiple occasions, engaged in uh, sexual activities with one another, did drugs together with one another, and then ultimately convinced these two brothers to pretend that they were white supremacists, put a noose around his neck and beat him and pour bleach on him and say, this is MAGA country, We we don't want your kind in here. So this person trying to collect victim of the year award because, you know, everybody gets a fucking participation award now for just being a victim, right? So this guy that's an actor on a well-known TV series, that's not good enough. He wants to be the story. He wants to win the victim of the year award. And so he pays these guys to pretend that they're white supremacists committing a hate crime. Now, I don't know what he could be charged with legally, other than making a false report to police or something like that. But something needs to happen to this guy. You know, Fox needs to needs to cancel him. I'm not a huge, huge fan of cancel culture, but they should just write him out of that show that he's on. If the show even, I don't even know if the show still exists. I mean, was that irrelevant to me? You know what I mean? But he's got to face some sort of consequences for trying to perpetuate a hate crime when no hate crime existed. I don't have the number up right now, but this is the thing that infuriates me about this. You did this on January 29, 2019. This is, I mean, before the pandemic. Right. And all of that stuff. What was your goal? Right? Like, do, and I know, and I understand he did this before all the BLM and the George Floyd thing and all that, right? Like, I understand that. Okay. He's not Bubba Wallace, right? <laughs> but at the same time, like, what was your goal, dude? You knew when you made this decision to approach these men about doing this. You are a grown adult man. You know damn good and well what this could cause. You know damn good and well that this could cause looting and rioting and all this other bullshit, right? Because you wanted to throw shade on a perceived group of people. Perceived. I voted for Trump, dude. I am not the red hat wearing, I mean, running down the street with a trumpet in my hand person. Like, that's a perceived group. Now, are there, are there, fanatics out there about individual people. Yeah. You know what else? There's fanatic people about athletes. There's fanatical people about music stars. There's fanatical people about Instagram stars. So this, this group of people that you wanted to throw shade on that's that's what your goal was, right? Your goal was to make people like me and you and any other free toting American out here. You wanted to basically encapsulate that incident and say that I'm the fucking problem. Right. When in reality, this guy's a problem because he is orchestrating a scenario in which he's a victim. These MAGA wearing white guys supposedly were, were the perpetrators and ultimately it never fucking happened. And come to find out, come to find out the two people that attacked him were true African-Americans from Nigeria, two brothers. They were just doing what he paid them to do. You know what I mean? And you you look back and you're like, have we gotten so far down in our society to where people literally are staging events to become the biggest victim? I mean, that's like a race to the bottom, is it not? Dude, it's victimhood is promoted. I know. Being a winner is not promoted anymore. Well, no, because being a winner offends it, it offends people. It means that you're leaving people out. Yeah. You're not you have more ability, Brett. You do numbers better than I do. So you should probably do a worse job at mortgage lending. So that way I can I can compete with you at my level. I know, right? How crazy does that sound? How crazy? Do worse. Do worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's let's compete to be the worst in our professions and see how well that does for us. Right. I mean, let, that's just a joke. Well, and just real quick, I just want to this other point. I want everybody out there to know that's maybe not following this so close. The police actually, the Chicago Police Department, this happened in Chicago. 
Chicago Police Department raided the home of the two brothers and found that they had been paid basically $3,500 by, by Smollett for this. Yeah. So here's how dumb this guy is, right? So he, he sets up the event to occur during a polar vortex in Chicago and leaves his house at 2 in the morning to get a Subway sandwich. Now, maybe Subway restaurants are open at 2 in the morning in Chicago. Where we're at here in the Denver metro area, they sure the fuck ain't open at 2 in the morning, right? But why would you go out at 2 in the morning, number one, in a polar vortex to get a Subway sandwich, okay? We talked about how he orchestrated this. So you know what he did, D? After the whole situation went down, he didn't call the cops right away. He walked home with, I, I know this. with his made-up noose around his neck. He sat at home, <laughs> cleaned himself up while wearing the noose like a necktie for an hour and a half. And then called the cops and waited another however long for the cops to come take his statement. So, so this guy wore his noose that he made himself. Like a fucking clock around his neck, like Flava Flav. Dude, the first time <laughs> I heard that, I was like, <laughs> I was like, are you, there's no way that's real, right? Like, that's the first thought that came to my head. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way that's real. You can't make this shit up, brother. Dude. <laughs> anyway, so something that happened in court, and this is just continuing to go down the narrative, okay? Talking about narratives, at least on my end today, you can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about, but did you know... I don't know if it was yesterday or last week, but the prosecutor in the case is reading text messages from Smollett to his friends, to his two guys. To the two guys to that two he guys. paid to act like they did something to him. Okay. Within the contents of those text messages was obviously the N-word with the ending of A. The prosecutor was reading it in court, his text, his text messages. Okay. Smollett stopped the trial to ask the prosecutor not to say that word or to abbreviate it or hyphenate it so that it didn't offend all members of the African-American community within the courtroom. Okay, so... That's true. Okay, so this guy is using that language in his own text messages to these other individuals, and yet he says, and he basically is finding it to be offensive when those are read aloud in court as a public document. See, what he's trying to do, here's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make it to where he doesn't look as bad as he should look. No, he's trying to get sympathy. And oh, this, it, is, this is my fight. And you're right. He's trying to get sympathy. When someone asked him, I think the prosecutor asked him, you know, why did you wait so long at home before you called the cops with the noose around your neck? You didn't think that it was appropriate to take the noose off, just chilling, eating a fucking bag of Doritos, eating your Subway sandwich that you went out and got, right? So you know what his response was? I'm a gay black man in America. That's what his response was. I'm sorry. So you being a gay black man, you waited an hour and a half or two hours to call the police because of that? That's not a reason. Like if you were scared to call the police, you would have never called the police. What you're trying to do is get your story straight. He's an actor. He was probably writing out the script of what he was going to say to the cops. That's why it took him fucking two hours to call the cops. If it wasn't already written. Well, and then he just well, he just had to work himself up. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. So no, you're, real quick, you're, let me just, you're, you're, from, you're, you're giving him too much credit. Well, I'm, I don't. You I don't think it was. Side. I don't think it was well written at all. No, I get it. But I'm I'm talking about the law enforcement side. This is going to sound kind of dark, right? But I, when you're in training, when you're in the academy, right? They show us all kinds of nasty shit, dude. Like bad. Oh, I'm sure. Like you have to get your mind around how bad things can be once you hit the street. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And some of those pictures and stuff that they, or the videos that they would show us, dude. But there was one that the guy was going to commit suicide. And we taught, and there's a psychologist on this video that we were watching and they're talking us through the different stages of him getting ready to do it. And it actually showed him do it. He did it on a park bench. But one thing that he does, one thing that everybody does is they start rocking or they start moving or they start like fidgeting. It's what they're doing is coddling their own mind, right? To they're calming their mind down. They're giving themselves the permission to do it and stuff like that. Like that's all that in that inner fight within yourself when you're making a decision to do something, you know, you find sometimes you'll find yourself, you're just kind of moving around a little bit. Well, right. That's yeah, yourself yeah. comforting yourself, right? Sure. 
this, it's kind of the same thing that I see with this. It's like he almost went home and he had to work himself up to actually make the report. Does that make sense? Like well, he knew it was wrong. Right. He knew what he was doing was a lie. He knew what he was doing was caught on security cameras. What he, he knew <laughs> that this was a possibility. What is happening right now today, he knew that this was a possibility. So in my opinion, I think he went home and he had to get himself worked up or talk himself into actually making the official report. Yeah, I, I could totally buy that. I think he was probably getting into character. Right. As an actor, actors get into character. They have to like when Alec Baldwin did his interview and he said that he didn't pull the trigger, but he shot the lady like, okay, you don't know how to fucking how a gun works. I guarantee you, he probably went back home and he downed his Subway sandwich. (laughs) I keep saying that because that's what he went out and got. And he had to work himself up and get into character to be the distraught individual that he probably had to be when the cop showed up. Right. Or he had to write out a script and he had to fucking memorize a script, one or the other. But what you said is probably 100% factual. This is probably pretty close. You referenced him waiting an hour, okay? And, and in one, I don't know what interview I heard it, but it was, he made reference to the, you said, being a black man, gay black man in America. He made that statement allegedly on one of these videos that I watched when this first happened mm-hmm. because he tried, tried to make a direct correlation to police and black, black men. Right. That narrative is one of the single most destructive narratives in this entire country. Period. Period. Absolutely. And then we saw it with the Rittenhouse. I want to play this clip real quick. We saw it with the Rittenhouse trial. To And I hope this makes everybody smile because I've lost friends over the things that I say about LeBron James. I literally have, dude. Seriously? I've had several friends that have unfriended me and did some shit because I was just like, LeBron's he's a piece a, of shit. LeBron's a, he's a fraud. He's a communist. He's a, he, well, yeah, he's that too, but he's, he's a straight up fraud. But here's Kyle Rittenhouse. He's on uh, one of the podcasts on The Blaze. This was uh, in reference to uh, some of the comments made by LeBron. Drops, and then he got, yeah, right? uh, and then he got the flu. Obviously, lemons don't make Kyle cry. He just eats them. I eat them okay? straight up. I threw away Bronny. my Lakers shirt. Just so everyone knows. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed you had one in the first yeah, place. I'm from LA. I'm you know, trying to get I was a Lakers fan too before he said that. Really? Yeah. I was really pissed off when he said that because I like LeBron. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, LeBron. Seriously. Amen. You know, you have to give the man credit. Good. Good for Kyle. Good for Kyle. We got to stop this, man. Like, it has to stop, guys. Like, the truth, what is the truth? Right? Here's some truth for you. New York and Chicago are 133% up in homicides. Violent crime. I mean, their violent crime's off the charts. 133%. But we don't talk about that. Yeah. We don't talk about real solutions here. We we talk, we sit, we... I don't know if I'm fully prepared for this conversation today, but I'm going to go with whatever I got. Okay. We've talked several times about if you're a hammer, everything is a nail, mm-hmm. right? So if I walk around and the only thing that I'm concerned with at hundred percent of my time is how people are looking at me based on my skin color. Is that not where all of my energy is going to flow to? Well, it is, but and make you hypersent. Just see where I'm yeah. going with this. Make you hypersensitive, right? Yeah. I've been hypersensitive about several different, I get, I've been hypersensitive in the past about the podcast. You know how crazy I get about this, like mm-hmm. the sound and all that stuff. Yeah. I get hypersensitive, and what happens when you get hypersensitive about stuff, Brett? You start focusing on it. When you're going to buy a, when you first started looking at your new truck and thinking about getting a new truck, mm-hmm. did you or did you not notice a gazillion Dodge trucks all over the road when you started looking for that truck? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, not mine, just because mine is the special one, but oh, yeah. You know, so it's one of those things that once you start putting that in your mind, you start seeing it everywhere you go. And we've talked, and this might really piss some people off. And you know what? If it does, you message me and tell me why. And if you have a counterpoint to this, I'd be happy to have you on here. Okay. But this idea of, you know, this perpetual race baiting that Jesse Smollett is doing, you know, Bubba Wallace tried it with the the rope on the garage door saying it was a noose. LeBron does it every chance he gets. You know what that, you know, you know really what that's doing? It's perpetuating this victimhood mentality. Okay. Do I think there's real racism in the United States and the world? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I am not denying that. 
Okay. But do I think it's at the level that the media and these celebrities want to make us think it is? Absolutely not. But you know what I do think it is? I think that a lot of people now use this race narrative as a means to be a victim. Because if I'm a victim, it's not my fault. If I'm a victim, I don't have to take responsibility for the actions that I took that might have failed or I might have fallen short on. It's because of this other reason that somebody else is holding me down. Okay? I'm not saying that's every case because there are true cases of racism and bigotry, and I get that. And I, I'm, Dude, I, it's 100%. I'm not dismissing that. But, but to think that racism is at the top of everybody's mind all the time, that is no different than saying, I'm not doing well in life because I had a shitty childhood. Nobody gives a shit about your shitty childhood, okay? Nobody cares. Stop being a victim. Stop perceiving things to be a slight towards you when they may not be. Well, and just on this Jesse Smollett thing, if you're not pissed off as somebody, a member of the black community, if you're not mad, this takes away, you know, it's just, just listen to me. This takes away from your message. He, Stuff like this takes away from your message. So if you care about the message, then you cannot support him. No, what he did with this situation is watered down. He just watered down the entire Black Lives Matter movement, okay? Because when true racism happens to another celebrity, most people out there is going to take it with a grain of salt and say, did that really happen? Or did he just get a smollet? We're going to, he's going to be the, the, the punchline of a joke now. Well, it opens the door for real racists. It right? opens the door for real racists, but it also, what happens is it closes the door for real issues happening because a lot of people are going to say, nah, I don't buy it. Because I don't buy it because of, of the experiences that I had with the other cases. If Just like you said, if, you're, if you are black, African-American, and you want to campaign for social justice, do it. Be my guest. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But if you're going to do it, you have a responsibility to call him out because what he did and what he's trying to do is really destroy your movement. That's what he's doing. Well, it just gives it a, I mean, it just totally gives it a black eye, right? Like, and it didn't need help. Like we didn't need help. We've, we've, we have episodes in the past of showing where money was getting funneled through black lives. I mean, I don't want to get on that topic today. Right. But again, man, I have a big issue with the narrative that's going on about our police officers and stuff in this country right now. Cause I was there. I was, I've been there. I know the truth. You want to know the truth? Let me tell you the truth. Well, that was a quick segue. So that's well, cool. just, this is the truth. I mm -hmm. work graves, dude. Mm -hmm. I've said it on a podcast before. Drive down the street at night and you tell me what people's skin color is. Tell me. Through tint and shiny front windshields when the freaking light hits it and everything else. You tell me if I can if you can tell what skin color it is. You can't. Well, I'll, I'll give you one better, okay? In a polar vortex, when you've got a big winter coat on, you've got a hood on, you probably have a beanie on, you probably have a scarf covered in your face so you're not breathing in the cold weather, you probably have gloves on. Okay. How are you going to tell what color he was? And that's my point. You can't. And so the narrative about this is about, oh, they're targeting and, you know, this is going on and that's going on. There is no truth to it. There might be a little truth in like departments down South or something like that. But I'm just telling you from my firsthand account, right? I can't tell you how many times I walked up on a car and they go, you stopped me because I'm a Mexican or you stopped me because I'm black or you stopped me because I'm Asian. And I just look at him and I said, did you, could you tell when I was going past you, could you tell what color I was? Right. And they look at you all, you know, crooked face. No. What do you mean? Uh, no. Okay. Then what makes you think that I could see what color you were? Well, especially when the windows are tinted and now you got windshields being tinted. There's no way to tell. The narrative about our police right now is not true. It's not accurate. It's not true and it's not accurate. There are some shitty cops in there, dude. Well, there's shitty people do, in every profession. And I, we, and, we've got shitty people at the NIH. And I will admit that it's worse for cops because they have, they can take your personal freedom away. You know, I get that, but there's just simple principles you can live by. And guess what? It'll take down your police contacts tenfold. Don't be out after two o'clock in the morning. If you can help it. That's a pretty easy one, unless you're working. Right. Right. What, what good happens after two o'clock in the morning? What good happens after midnight? Nothing. Right. 
Like these are common sense things, but these things don't get fixed. Right. Yeah. This guy's a clown, man. And honestly, I mean, whatever they can do to him, which is really, you know, I don't think they can do much to him. I mean, you know, what, what's the, what's the punishment for falsely reporting a, or, or making a false police report? I mean, it, ultimately, isn't that what it's going to be? Let me ask you this. What would have been the punishment had those two men been convicted? What do you mean? Like, let's say it's real. If they were white? Say it's real. Oh, if, if well, well, first of all, he played a game. Not even white. I, I, don't, I don't even want to put a color on it. Let's, it could be an Asian dude. Okay. It could be anybody. Okay? Mm -hmm. What would be the punishment? I don't know, because it would have been charged as a hate crime, for sure. Correct. So you have the assault, and then you have the aggravator. That's yep. how those are looked at, right? Yep. So for everybody out there, you would know when you hear aggravated assault or you hear, you know, aggravated domestic violence, you know, stuff like that, there has to be an aggravator. So if race is a primary, you know, race or age or gender, stuff like that, if you commit a crime based on those reasons, if I choose to attack you, Brett, because of one of those, those causes, then it, it creates an aggravator, which gives you basically a worse sentence, uh -huh. right? It doesn't make the charge necessarily worse. It makes the sentence worse. Gotcha. Okay. But I want to know what he, what they would have got because that's what he should get. I would agree with that. And but if and anybody out there think about, dude, this was, this was before all the riots, dude, like well, this, even though this was a while, a little bit before him, this was still talked about. Well, what he was trying to do was he was trying to create a riot. He was trying to create a racial situation where one did not exist. And, Again, anybody that is, I'm going to just repeat myself, anybody that is adamant in that Black Lives Matter movement should be extremely upset and should go on record to call him out for that because all he did was water down your movement. That's all he did. Moving on. Yeah. I'm ready to move on. That's fine. We said, right, uh, you know, guys, I, my main message to everybody out there is as long as this is the main focus, if this is the focus, then that's, that's all that is. We're never going to get anywhere. Right. right, because let's be honest here. It, it all ties back to this entire big clusterfuck of a situation that we find ourselves in in 2021. Right. Okay. Well, if politicians, when did the vaccines come out? When did the, the vaccines come out? December of 2020. December of 2020. Well, actually, they so in December of 2020, that's when they said you know frontline workers, so nurses, doctors, and, and the elderly could get them. So yeah, December 2020. Yeah, it's kind of a move. That's not the important piece of this. December of 2020 is when the vaccines were coming out. This happened in January of 2019. Okay. All year long in 2020, we had these BLM riots. We had all these politicians, all of these police chiefs, all of these mayors, all of the governors saying, we need to fix this. And they used it as a talking point and they stood up on their podiums and they showed us how invested they were with their cause and their ready to go fight the good fight with the good people. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question, Brett. How much money? Just give me a general number. You don't even have to be exact right now. We've talked about it several times on the podcast. How much money has Pfizer made? Uh, let me just look it up. So I'm going to just Google Pfizer 2021 profit. And I hope you guys will see where I'm going with this. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to give you second quarter profits, and I'll give you third quarter profits. Okay. Does that sound good? Yep. This is in real time. Second quarter 2021 revenues totaled $19 billion, an increase of $9.1 billion, or 92% compared to the prior year, second quarter. Third quarter revenues 2021, surprise, surprise, after the booster. 24.1 billion, reflecting a 130% operational growth. But you know the funny thing? That excludes comernity. That excludes the quote unquote approved vaccine. It's over 24. No, no, no. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That is over $40 billion. <laughs> billion with a B, with a B, 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 as in boy. Okay, let me transition this a little bit. It's disgusting. If politicians cared, before this vaccine came out and they knew all this money was going to be going to profit the vaccines, would there, would there not have been a way to allocate some of that money to go to the black communities to start fixing some of these social problems that we've been seeing? One would think, but see, here's the problem, man. You did it with pot. You did it with tobacco. You've done it with alcohol. 
and you have a mandatory vaccine that these companies are making unheard of profits, unheard right. of. But hey, hey, it's about health. Remember that. Let me tell you something. And we talked about this. We beat this horse to death. It's not about fucking health. It's about money and control. Okay. Now, two things on this topic. I, I, let, let's play that uh, uh, Biden clip here real quick. So I'm going to set this up before you hit play. So Biden does a speech last week at the NIH, right? And, you know, we did an episode called Bumbling Biden. And, you know, I mean, it's fucking pathetic. This clip is quick. Go ahead and play that. Also, continuing to give me advice on uh, developments as they occur. I've seen more <laughs> of Dr. Fauci than I have my wife. We kid each other. But uh, they look, who's president? Fauci. Um, <laughs> But all kidding aside, I, I sincerely mean it. All kidding aside, I sincerely mean it. Who's president? Fauci. You think that was a Freudian slip? Did he hit puberty again? <laughs> okay, so here's my thing. Did anybody that. else notice that his voice is like dropped like three decibels? Yeah, that's because they, they keep saying, well, he's got a he's got a head cold or he's got, you know, so he's got this, he's got that. Most likely he probably has COVID and they don't want to say that he does because it'll reduce the, or it'll cause more vaccine hesitancy because it don't fucking work. That or somebody heard our call for old corn pop to give him a visit and he got scared. <laughs> Punched him in the larynx. And that fight or, <laughs> yeah, and that fight or flight response made his little, made his two little peas drop. Right. So, you know, I, I, I asked but, I, it, but it's a serious real quick. I, before you, before we pass this up, dude, think about it. One quarter. One quarter, nineteen billion. Do you think nineteen billion would solve a lot of fucking problems? Right. Like, you guys want social centers and boys and girls clubs and rec centers and infrastructure improvements, education improvements. Right. 19, Alec- hey, nineteen billion pays a lot of really good teachers, dude. Oh yeah, but see, but but see, here's the deal. The only reason that the media and the politicians promoted this race narrative as, as much as they did. They bled it for everything they could last year, okay? And they did it simply to control the masses and gain power. That's the only reason they did it. And the sad thing is, is you have one side of, the, of our government, mainly the Democrats, right now. Let, we, we call them Democrats right now, but just like I talked about on the prior episode, this is tyranny versus, versus freedom, okay? But we have one side saying that they care about this population when ultimately they're kind of using them as pawns. I shouldn't even say kind of. They're using the minority population as pawns to continue to get in power. And they're telling these people the, the, the shit that they want to hear and they're perpetuating this victimhood mentality rather than basically just being genuine with these people. You know what I mean? They're perpetuating this victimhood mentality, which is causing the Jesse Smollett bullshit which is causing a lot of this other bullshit that's happening, which is causing this incredible rise in crime that is going on. I mean, it's insane right now. And then you got, you know, Beetlejuice over in Chicago, you know, basically telling, telling businesses and retail stores, it's your fault that your, your uh, stores are getting smash and grabbed. Play that. Robberies surging in Chicago. But the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, blames retailers. You gotta tell me more. She did. She blamed the retailers and she should apologize for saying this. Some of the retailers downtown in Michigan Avenue, I will tell you, I'm disappointed that they're not doing more to take safety uh, and make it a priority. For example, we still have retailers that won't institute um, plans like having security officers in their stores, uh, locking up. Uh, their merchandise at night, chaining high-end bags. These purses seem to be something um, that is attracting a lot of attention on these organized retail uh, theft units. We've heard Democrats say, no, this doesn't exist. We've heard them blame the retailers who are still trying to get back from the pandemic. They should do more. And what about those small mom and pops who are next to some of those larger, bigger chains so they can get the foot traffic? They're supposed to go out and hire security guards and spend all that money. And the fact that this is happening. So we have a, a a mayor, a Democratic mayor of a major city in the U.S. in Chicago, blaming the smash and grab organized crime that's going on all, all over the country on the retailers for carrying high-end bags and high-end equipment. 
or high-end merchandise? Like, how about you blame you? Look in the mirror, you, you, you fucking psycho. Any of those retailers that can sit there and listen to that message and not rip their business out of that city, pack all of their family up and move, yep. you're, you're the fool. You're the fool. I'm sorry. I don't want to be mean to people today, but yep. like, you're the fool. Like, no, no, no. Listen, because you have a mayor that is a, that champions defund the police. You have the entire state of Illinois champions defunding the police and no police and everybody's uh, this utopia, this, this Fugazi, Mm -hmm. right? Like this, they're in this own little world. Like we don't need, we don't need anybody, but we have the highest murder rate and crime rate in the entire nation. Well, here's a headline for you. My last, but real quick. But in there, she says, why haven't you hired private security? I shouldn't have to hire private security. You should have a police force. You should man the police force as it should be per X, for one officer per X amount of residents right. in the city of Chicago. Right. That's how it works. Right. Well, on that note, I'm just kind of scrolling the headlines here. Here's a headline. It's just crazy. 12 major cities hit all-time homicide records. Don't surprise me. Okay. Don't surprise me. So this, this pathetic excuse for a mayor, her job as a politician is to keep her citizens safe. Like that, that ultimately is her job. Okay. And her divisive rhetoric and her irresponsible rhetoric, just like in California, has now led to Unbelievable increase in crime, unbelievable increase in murders, unbelievable increase in homicides overall. And yet her solution is the stores should hire their own private security. To go to your point, okay, the stores, every retail organization in Chicago should pack up, break their lease, and leave the city. Clearly, you don't need my tax revenue. Clearly, you don't need our sale revenue. Clearly, you don't need us. So bye-bye. Okay, that's no different. And I'm going to jump around for a moment. I do not want to stay on this topic, but it is no different than these companies coming out, these private small businesses coming out, instituting vaccine mandates on their uh, on their their patrons of their business. Are you going to give that business a shout out? Let's do it. Do it. Why not? I got to find it. I'm sure our listeners would very much appreciate knowing where and where, you know, they're going to get hurt. Hassled and harassed. Okay. Orange Theory Fitness and Thornton sent this email out to all of their customers. Dear valued OTF member, we're excited to see you in class and have an update to share. Starting Wednesday, we are moving to a vaccine verification policy at the request of Adams County Public Health Department. Please bring your proof of vaccine with you to class or feel free to text us a photo of your vaccination card prior to class. You will only be asked to provide proof of vaccination one time. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to call hesitate to call us so that we can best assist you. Now, that got sent to me by an individual that frequents this establishment, and she was pretty pissed off and, and a, asked and a big subscriber to the show. And asked, yes, and asked, what would you do? I'm gonna make it as simple as I possibly can. And my response to her was cancel your fucking membership. Okay. This idea of I'm going to go get a fake vaccination card and submit a fake vaccination card so I can still work out there is not helping the situation. This idea of I'm going to put a face mask on around my chin and walk into a store and I'll only pull it up if one of the employees at the store asks me or tell me to do so. That is not protesting. That is not stopping this shit. What's going to stop it is to just simply cancel the membership and you got to hit these people in their, in their pocketbook. If this business owner or this franchise owner thinks that this is something they need to do, fine. That's your choice. But guess what? There are ramifications and repercussions of it. So simply put, stop frequenting these fucking businesses. No different than these retail stores in Chicago and San Francisco and LA and all these other places to where the politicians are basically telling the citizens, do what you want. There's no consequence. Fine. Pull the businesses out of there and put your businesses solely online or somewhere else. Until the politicians start feeling it, from the tax revenue perspective, and until these small businesses start feeling it in a loss of revenue because they pissed off their patrons, none of this shit will stop. The COVID shit ain't going to stop. This lawlessness isn't going to stop. And then in San Francisco, you called me the other day 
you and I talked about two cops go into a restaurant. Literally. I was actually going there next. Go into a restaurant to grab a bite to eat for lunch. And what happened? Real quick, because you did jump around a little bit. For everybody out there, just so you know, a judge did temporarily block the New York City vaccine mandates. We do have a couple of listeners up in, uh, several listeners up in the New York area. So just know that that thing's put on a stay. It's been blocked for, uh, temporarily. So anybody that you're, this is my last comment on COVID. I told you I didn't want to talk about COVID today, but my last comment on COVID. There has been stays, all kinds of stuff. Make sure you check by your employment, your profession, whatever. Make sure that you're still covered. But just understand where we're at right now with the, with this issue, okay? From a legal standpoint, me and you were texting back and forth. With these stays and these blocks in places, they cannot enforce this mandate. So with that being said, if you're let go from your job right now, I know that there's some drop-dead dates coming up in December for some for some professions, and then I know back again in January. If these stays are in place, they cannot do that. If they try to do that, we have lawyers for you. Make sure you reach out to us. We will forward that information over to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is a civil rights lawsuit. They cannot do that while there is a stay or that's been temporarily blocked. They cannot enforce it. Wow. So I just want to make sure that information gets out to everybody. Yep, absolutely. Now, on that, the the last thing I mentioned about the uh, the cops that were asked to leave. On that, I ran into that a couple different times. I never personally got asked to leave. I will say that. So take that for what it's worth. But when you're in that profession, you get that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we always used to say, well, then don't call the cops. Right? Then don't call. Don't call. Call the social if worker. My presence, if my presence, my mere presence threatens you to the point where you can't function at your job while I'm sitting down having a cup of coffee or having a meal. Like if your anxiety is that bad about it, don't call. Don't fucking call. Because you know what, dude? It is the biggest slap in the face to these men and women that put that uniform on every single day. And they go out there and some of them are asshats. Some of them are great people. Some of them, you know, have aspirations to go do bigger things. Some of them are out there doing the best job that they possibly can with what they got right now, which is zero in terms of, of resources. And then you want to stack this on top of that. Your little snot nose, it was a server there. It was a little snot nose server that made this decision without the owner's permission. Well, what the owner should do, the owner should fire him Correct. and make an example of him and say, this will not be tolerated in my restaurant, okay, whatsoever. But I think it might be a little too late for that business owner. So you don't like the gun, and you don't like the gun you can see in the business. What about the gun you can't see? That some of your patrons are probably carrying. Well, not only that, but what if somebody comes in there and robs you? Are you going to be happy that a cop's sitting there with a gun on his fucking hip? The new mentality right now, the, this woke mentality of, uh, we don't need cops because we can protect ourselves. Okay, that server is going to be hiding under a table when somebody comes in trying to rob the place. See, and I think it's more about the narratives that, that people have been under, right? They plaster pictures of cops and they're shooting black people and they're shooting this and they're doing that and they're going crazy and, uh, you know, and so these people, granted, they're just uneducated, uneducated people listening to the mainstream media. Right. But nonetheless, it still affects these people. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, if you don't want to support the cops, don't use them. Don't use them. Try. Right. Don't call the cops. Don't use them. Tough guy. Handle your own shit. And I, I always find it funny. I used to find it funny when I, when I got my shooting, I went down, you know, and I told you, this is like right at the beginning of when comments started and it was like on nine news and I was dummy and I kind of read some of the comments. Oh, you need the cops come to my house and see what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. you just laugh at these people. You're just like, okay. Telephone let, tough guy. Just the, they're two peas in the pod with the keyboard commandos. Let me, let me know how that goes for you. Right. Right. But the tie that I had outside of yours is the narrative. Mm-hmm. It's the narrative. Everybody is sleepwalking right now. It's like believing in Santa Claus, yep. right? Isn't that what this episode is going to be called? Yep. It's like you're believing in Santa Claus again. The big, the fattest guy you ever knew as a kid that could fit down a, a chimney. Magic. Well, hey, that, that actually is a good segue to the last topic. There's this term that we use now called red-pilled, right? So when someone's red-pilled, they've kind of woken up out of this sleepwalk that you just mentioned, and they're more open and apt to 
to start listening to people like us. Okay. Does that, real quick on that note, cause I have had this thought before about that. I, it bothers me, not bothers me, but it just, I wish they wouldn't have done it as a red pill. Well, right? they, well, they're, that's, that, uh, saying came from the matrix. No, I know that, but you yeah. know exactly where everybody goes with it. I know. They're like, hey, you want me to take the Republican pill? No, it's, it's not that. So in the matrix, you have the red and the blue pill, blue pill, you stay in the matrix, red pill, you, you wake up to reality. That that's where it comes from. It's not fucking Democrat, Republican, you dipshits. Anyway, think about, so you and I have been kind of skeptical about all this shit really since February of last year. I mean, I remember you and I having conversations two months before we started this podcast going, something doesn't seem right. We were talking in Dece- December of 2019. Yeah. So we, I started off the episode asking, you know, do you remember the point in time that you stopped believing in Santa Claus? I look at people today, right now. Once they, or, or when they decide to wake up and say, you know, everything we've been fed doesn't fucking seem right. It's kind of the equivalent of, of being an adult realizing there's no Santa Claus. Okay. And I have said on prior episodes that when people are willing to ask questions and come to us, come to me and say, hey, where did you get your research? Can you share some stuff with me? I am not going to come at them and be like, I fucking told you so. Why didn't you listen to me? You fucking moron. No, no, no. I'm going to be happy to take people where they're at and say, great. What is it you have questions about? What can I send you so that you can do your own research? We have, when people are willing to wake up, so to speak, and I don't want to say wake up because that sounds derogatory, but when people are willing to open their mind and say, Hey, you know, a lot of this doesn't sound right. What can you share with me? It behooves all of us and it benefits every one of us to take a step back and say, listen, I'm not going to demean you. You're finally ready to see and take in what we've been trying to share with you. But we have podcasters out there right now, one specific one that we subscribe to, we listen to all the time. I quite frankly enjoy his podcast. I buy his supplement brand. But the last couple episodes, he goes on these rants talking about how everybody that didn't believe him last year, but now is coming around, they're fucking morons and they're dumb fucks. And I fucking told you so. And all this other shit. And my question to this guy is, and if you want to drop his name, be my guest, I'm not sure I want to give him the, 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 the publicity here, but I don't care. My question is what makes you so special that, that you can't help and educate these people now that they're ready to receive the information. Okay. It's all about when we are ready to receive this information, not when I'm ready to give it to you. When are you ready to receive it? You follow me? I'm with you. Okay. And then this particular podcaster comes out in this episode. And and again, I'm a fan. I am a fan, but this one really ticked me off because he comes out and he talks about, you know, on all of his episodes, he wants people to share and grow the podcast and all that sort of shit. That's cool. Uh, We want everybody listening to do the same thing, okay? But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm never going to demean somebody or call somebody out for resharing our Instagram story or tagging us in an Instagram story. I'm going to be appreciative of that because guess what? The people that share our podcast don't owe us a fucking thing. No. Okay? They owe us nothing. And so if I choose to share your podcast, Mr. Frisella. If I choose to tag you in a post, Mr. Frisella, be grateful. I don't have to fucking do that. I'm doing it because I'm trying to help you get your message out. So don't sit there and come back at everybody else saying, I don't need you to fucking do that. I need you to to post memes and, and do other shit that, guess what, is colored fucking bubbles. Okay. The more people post on social media, constant nonsense, people scroll past it. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to fucking see it. You, you, you become irrelevant. Okay. So if I choose to promote you, be grateful. Don't call it out as being lazy or, or that's not what you're looking for. Because if it's not what you're looking for, I don't have to share it. I don't have, I don't have to help you grow your podcast. Just like nobody else has to help us grow our podcast. And with that, anybody out there that wants to share this podcast and help us grow it, I am more than grateful for you. I don't expect you to do it. I hope you do it. I don't expect you to do it. 
I would never call somebody out and try to demean somebody because they tried to help me grow my brand. And then ask me, and then ask me for something. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand what he's doing. He's trying, he comes from a business building background and he used to do the, is it, was it the MFCEO project or something where he'd help people. And so some of his like brash takes and stuff is to grab your attention and stuff. Like he's a very professional speaker. My problem with that issue right there lately, he screams at people like you and I. That are trying to do the same thing he's doing. We're trying to get the word out. We're trying to, we're, you know, we're taking our own time. I'm not a millionaire, right? Well, think about what, think about what you and, and I risk. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that that's any different. Like being an American is being an American, no matter what, right? Like right. you have obligations in this country that you have to stand up for as an American. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't do anything, but I'm just saying you talk to me from your multi-million dollar mansion and the th- and your corporation that you built your business, you, you, he built that from the ground up and God bless him for it. Right. Yeah. I'm not, but, I'm not trying to demean him for but anything I don't, he's accomplished. But I don't, but I don't hear, he's had several people on the podcast lately that are all millionaires. They own huge businesses. They're out oh, They're singers and bands. They're all these, where's the common person? You're yelling at me, calling me a piece of shit for not listening to you at the very beginning or whatever. I've been listening to him for a while, so I don't know what he considers to be at the beginning, right? Right. But I listen to almost every episode that they put out to see what the content is, at least. I don't make it through every single one, but I mean, there there have been some great episodes. We've referenced several episodes on this podcast. Right. We're using our own platform. Right. Our own, it's small, but it's our own platform to promote another man. But yet I'm the one not doing enough. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying that I am. I'm saying I need to increase what I'm doing, keep thinking of new ideas, keep thinking of new ways to get information out, do all of those, do all, you know, be involved with groups and stuff that, that are going on right now. Right. Like those things are important as an American. But my issue with him right now is you can't sit here and talk shit to me. And then all you do is have people that I can't associate with all over your show. So if you want to have Ed Milet and all these people on there and all these- Which are great speakers. They're great. And I get a ton of value from those episodes. But if you're not going to contrast that with a normal person like you and I, how am I supposed to connect to that? Well, and I'll even go a step further on that. Aside Aside from that, you make all great points, okay? You and I talked before we came on air, right? I would never go to my business partners. I would never go to you, Dustin, and say, damn it, Dustin, how come you're not giving me more business? Have I ever called you and asked you why you haven't sent me more? No. Ever. You, no. You know why? And you know why I would never do that? Because it's fucking rude and it's selfish. Right. Okay? If I want more business from somebody or if I want somebody to share this podcast, you know what I got to do? I got to build more value. I got to build more value to where somebody listens to the show and says, holy shit, I know five people that need to hear that, right? I'm not going to my friends going, how come you're not sharing this enough? How, you, you only shared it with five people. Why didn't you share it with six? Because that's the fucking attitude coming out of your show, bro. And I just want to be clear. I use, all of, I use his supplement brand. I do. I don't. I've tried a lot, and there's several, there's several things that I use from his supplement company consistently. You know what I mean? So it's not like... I just don't like when people demean other people from a place of power because that's what we're getting from the politicians themselves right now. All right. And when you talk down and you call people dumb fucks and you call this and, you know, you go all crazy all the time and you do, and I like his rants. If he ever by chance hears this, I don't think he'll ever fucking hear it. But if he by chance hears this, I love the rants. I think they're funny sometimes. He says some really funny stuff a lot of the time. Well, but here's but, the thing. It, it odd that not only does he say funny shit, he's he's a, he's a hundred percent right on a lot of his takes, and that and that's what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is, you got to come, you, you got to come to people with a level of understanding and don't demean them when they didn't believe you a year ago, but now they're believed you. Okay, great. Now they're ready to hear it. Now they're ready to hear your message. They weren't ready then. Now they're ready. And on top of that, when people are helping you grow and when you tell people, get the fucking message out and do all this other shit and they do it. And then you say, well, I didn't, I don't need you to share my shit, but then share my shit. You're one big fucking contradiction, dude. And I just don't like, I just don't like to demean as much as I can. As much as I can help it, I try not to demean because I just don't feel like there's a whole lot of progress in it. My last thought on this, and this is, I just had this one as you were talking that last statement you made. I can envision like the 
battles at Troy and like those ancient battles where you had all the warriors lined up, right? And they're all facing each other and they're looking at each other and getting amped up, Braveheart style, right? <laughs> Pounding on their chest, stomping their feet. Basically what you're describing as what he's doing is we have people from that army walking over and he's at the front. Let's just put him at the front. You got people from that army that are walking over late in the battle. It's been months. But, they, but they've showed up. It's been months. They've gone overseas, everything else, right? And you have people from the other army starting to walk over. But when they walk over, you tell them that they're not good enough and you send them back. Right. To fight them. That's a very good analogy. Do you, under, do you, know, do you see the correlation that I'm making here? It's like, hey, you know what? I actually agree with you guys' cause and your stance on things. You know, I'd like to join your army. Nah, you weren't here two years ago. Fuck you. Right. Dude, no. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Right. Let's let's chat, dude. Do you need a do you need a, a shield? You right. need a, do you want a spear? You want some you want a better weapon? Right. You want you know, right? Like right. that's how it has to be. We have to be accepting of people because a lot of people, my last thought, a lot of people are embarrassed right now. A lot of people are embarrassed because they feel like they were fooled on any di- any of these topics we've that's we've right. kind of touched on lately. That's right. COVID racism stuff, Jesse Smollett, you know, all the stuff that's going on right now, you could feel, I don't like when I'm wrong. I feel silly sometimes. Right. Right. I feel like I'm like, I have conversations with myself in my head and I'm just like, you are a dumbass. You are a dumbass. (laughs) If you ever are around me, my wife will confirm this. If you're ever on Friday night when you guys come up, but I'll be walking around and I cuss at myself. God damn it, Dustin. What What are you thinking? Right? Like, we got to start looking at everybody as one again, man. That's right. that's my one message to everybody. These narratives, we talked about believing in Santa Claus. I said, to me, this is a narratives episode. You have to get out of the river of these narratives and start to think for yourself, no matter what it is, no matter what topic it is, okay? Right. And I'm not trying to bra- drag people over to how I think. I'm not trying to drag people over to how you think. I want them to come to the conclusions themselves. But I, what I want them to do is take a step. You're in whatever narrative river that you're running down right now, and you're standing in the middle of this river and you can't get all the way out. You need to step out and just take a look. You don't, you can go back in if you want, you can go right back in. It's okay. Right. But at least take a step out and look at some of the other information that's out there, or maybe look at it with a critical eye, going back to the Jesse Smollett incident, look at it with a critical eye and say, you wore a noose and you walked all the way home. Nobody else called the cops. Nobody you, saw you walking with you a noose. You cleaned up. <laughs> basically, if there was any kind of DNA, you basically destroyed it. So this something doesn't sound right with this, right? And then he kept it on. But I'm just saying, I'm talking in terms of somebody else looking right. at it, right? Come looking on it, look, stepping out of that stream, taking a look at that situation and going, man, that's a really bad situation if it's true. But let's find, let's wait and see what information comes out about it over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's wait a couple of weeks to really form a solid opinion about this or COVID or the vaccine or natural immunity, any of these other topics that were t- transgender, LGBTQ, ZY, you know, elemental P, I don't know, whatever. Right. Right. But I want, I love everybody out there, man. I really do. I really want everybody to do well. And especially going into a year, it is time for us to break this streak. And that's why I'm, I'm going a little long at the end here. We can't continue to do the same shit and expect a different result, dude. We can't go into 2022 doing the same stuff and expect a different result. We just can't do it. Right. And I don't, I don't know if I can sit through it anymore. Right. Like, I don't know if I can talk about it anymore without progress happening. Well, and the other thing, too, it goes back to the previous topic I was on, you can't talk at people. You have to talk with people, right? Words matter. Talk with people. Don't talk at people. When somebody's willing to finally take the, take the initiative and, and, and take the invite and say, tell me more, you know, I didn't buy it before, but now I'm kind of open to it. You know, don't turn them away. You know, when you, you know, people out there listening, you know, we're coming into holiday time. You're going to have, be around friends and family and all this shit. You know, if, if, if any of your friends and family come to you and say, Hey, you know, I want to know more, you know, don't, don't treat them like they're fucking dumb. You just simply have to treat them like, Hey, great. Let me send you some information that you can read up on, on yourself. Or start with this 
this is how I start with them. When I have new people that come and approach me from this podcast, they I have had have had it happen several times. And all I do is go, okay, what do you know and what do you believe? Right. What do you know and what do you believe? Once you tell me those two things, we can talk about all of the other stuff that I know. But the amount of information about all of these topics that you and I have done at this point, man, it's like it would take us hours and hours and hours to explain to some of these people like what's really going on. So anybody out there, if you find yourself in this situation, you have somebody approach you and they want to maybe learn more about what you know or who you're listening to or whatever, whatever it ends up being, just start with the question, okay, what do you know and what do you believe? Right. You know, because once we establish, if you believe that the vaccine doesn't, that gives you full immunity or anything like that, then it's already been proven not true. Okay, so we can already take that argument off the table. Right. And it makes it a more amicable um, discussion. Oh, yeah. Again, you're not talking at somebody. So with that, everybody, stay dangerous and Merry Christmas. And even though uh, Brett was hating a little bit, we'd like you to uh, share the podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't hating on anybody. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, you can always email us, guys. It's uncommonpodcast at outlook.com. We're on Twitter at uncommonpc. I am on Instagram, dustin.duff. I'm also on getter, dustin.duff. And I'm on uh, Instagram at bpop80. So, connect with us on there but thank you guys all uh don't know when this is going to release if this comes really close to the holiday just know that we care about you guys we really want the best for you and your families and we really want all of us to grow together so that's my last that's my last point all right see you everybody see you